Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Property Voice podcast. My name, as ever, is Richard Brown and, as always, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Now, I'm happy to use the word us as, yes, Kaza is back. She is here. So, Kaza, how are you and how have you been? Hi, Richard. It feels good to be back. Thank you for asking. I had a week off and then I think you were away fighting crocodiles and chasing piranha fish in the jungle or something like that I believe. So, in order to make up for lost time, let me tell the listeners what they can expect on today's show. Today's property chatter is all about power well it's about knowledge really but of course we know that with knowledge, comes power. Then in the Your Voice segment we can share another fantastic listener review and a listener answer to our one thing question posed through social media this week too. Finally, as always we have a great resource for you in the shout out. But enough of me, I will hand back to you Richard for this week's property chatter. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with property chatter. Well, thank you so much, Kaza, for setting up the show so nicely. I really have missed you, actually. Um, Yeah, so crocodiles and piranhas. Yes, I was chasing them around the Amazon last time out, and obviously that's why we couldn't get together. But I did make it back in one piece. Well, when I say one piece, it was minus the odd bit of... uh, drop of blood due to uh, a couple of insect bites but that's that's a story perhaps for another day that I'll share with you. So uh, on to today's topic then um, which is all about knowledge and when I say knowledge I'm not talking about the the London taxi variety but the who what and where variety in property investing instead. You know they say it's not what you know but who you know that counts but equally others say that knowledge can set you free. So let's try and combine these two apparently opposite perspectives to understand how we can make progress in our property investing journey. This topic is aligned to section four in my book, the uh, Property Investor Toolkit, if you happen to be following along. And uh, this section in the book actually has has literally over a hundred links to external resources to go to. Um, so, so, you know, it's actually pretty much a giant shout out segment in its own right. So uh, I can I can point you to that. It's got plenty of external resources there. Now, I'm not going to repeat all of the content that's in the book here. And therefore, what I want to do is to is to highlight on some of the, the merits of staying informed and connected and, and why in, enlisting the support of others can be helpful to us. So to, today's topic lends itself to be broken down into two clear sections, which are people and knowledge. However, as we progress, we'll perhaps see that they are in fact perhaps linked together more closely than we might imagine. So starting with with people then, um, 
anyone that's invested in property for for any length of time can tell you that it, it can it can get a little bit lonely at times unless you happen to be uh, the well-known type such as the HMO landlady Serena Thompson for example or, or at least someone who operates it in, in a way that she does where she you know and others like her are very active and hands-on in dealing with their tenants and um, you know cups of tea and chats and this sort of thing is, is, is order and par for the day so in that type of uh, investment um, role then perhaps you are actually engaging with people on, on a much larger scale. But for for the um, the average property investor, certainly with a small number of properties, certainly with, say, single-let properties, then that isn't usually what is going to happen. There's uh, actually very little human contact um, and uh, and so there is a need at times for this human contact and some companionship and, and shared interest. And if um, you know you've ever tried talking to your mates down the pub or your your parents potentially about property investing, then then many of them have some preset ideas and opinions, of course. Now, now some of them can be well informed, whereas others, and I, I would have to say the large majority, might not be. The the acid test here is is whether they are themselves experienced investors over probably an extended period of time or or, or not. Uh, and if they are, then you're in luck, as that is the very first property network that you can join in with. Um, now, I've just mentioned a phrase, of course, property network, and uh, this gives us a clue as to the uh, as to why and how associating with uh, property investors can be of benefit to us. So, so what are the main benefits in in joining in with the uh, property community and uh, hanging out with other property investors then? Well, well, well. Here's some of the uh, the benefits that that I could think of, at least. And um, you know, just running for the list, we've got uh, friendship and companionship, and I've just mentioned that point. So, you know, we start to rub shoulders with people who have similar interests and outlooks to us. There's the mutual support and encouragement that we can get from hanging around in the, in that same community. We can share ideas and get answers to questions, and and also we can give something back. It's not all take, take, take. We can give something back too. Then we we also have access to what I call subject matter experts, people who know what they're talking about, and and that could be professionals, but it could also be other service providers in the uh, wider property community as well. The... um, the opportunity then exists for us to see role models, which uh, in turn can give us uh, increased confidence and, and potentially inspiration to go on and, and, and copy or, or mirror some of what those role models are doing themselves. Of course, we'll have access to some of the tips and tricks of the trade, but also some of the pitfalls and the lessons learned as well. Uh, equally, and on the theme of knowledge to some extent, it allows us to keep up to date with the latest trends and strategies. And um, a point I'm going to come back to a little later, but I'll mention now just to add to the list, was uh, finding buddies, mastermind groups or coaches and mentors to support our journey. And I'll explain perhaps why that's important a little bit later on. So these are just some of the uh, the reasons why joining a, a property community can help us. So returning a minute to uh, the, the concept of a network, um, what is a network? Well, it, it's, it's a meeting place or a community or, or a hub if you like. It's um, it's like the forum from ancient Rome or the market day from, from old Britain or, or potentially bringing things a little bit more current to the online social networks that, that dominate both ours and our wider families lives and attention these days. So in other words it's a place to meet, to exchange ideas, to ask questions and find answers and also to do business with like-minded individuals. 
and I, I want to say like-minded you know it's not always the case that the, the individual we're going to talk to are like-minded there's um, a variety of different attitudes and uh, and opinions that you might find even even in the collective such as property investors and uh, associated service providers but there's certainly going to be some similar interests and, and common objectives at least so so that's the, that's the idea really to be to be uh, lurk, I was going to say lurking is probably not the right phrase to be uh, to be milling in 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 those sorts of environments with like-minded people so uh, after perhaps the uh, if you if you've locked out and you've got friends and family who really do know what they're talking about in terms of property investing perhaps the second network that I might encourage you to seek out would be um, you know where obviously property investors are going to be hanging out and I, I really should say networks because there's plenty of those to choose from and uh, they're, they're, they're both real life networks but they're also virtual in fact actually quite a lot of them are virtual these days so you can do an awful lot of networking just without leaving home uh, but of course there's nothing nothing better than, than getting out there and meeting people and we'll come to that later now some of these uh, networking groups are organized uh, pretty well some of them are organized quite loosely uh, some of them are, you know, a bit haphazard and some of them are very professionally managed. So um, let's just take a, a quick whistle-stop tour and, uh, and discover a little bit more about the types of network that we, we could get involved in. Now, um, I've kind of hinted already about uh, when I talked about social uh, groups and social media that uh, there's, there's places like Facebook and LinkedIn and Google+, which are examples of social networks. And uh, there's a lot of property investor groups that can be found in those places as well. It's very easy to find them. And um, I, I did a quick look up recently and I noticed that some of the groups out there are, are running into tens of thousands of people in size now. And, and that's, you know, just in the UK. I've seen some international ones which are, are very large and you might expect that with an international community. But even in the UK now, I think one of the groups I saw on Facebook is approaching 20,000 people. So, you know, it's quite a significant number. So all I would say is given, given that there are so many um, I groups in the first place and different channels that we could choose from and indeed so many people that uh, are going to frequent these places, you know, do choose wisely. You know, have a look around, um, try and identify with the culture or the way things are done within that particular community. You'll get a feel for looking at the types of posts and questions and really look at the responses. Um, you know, I've been quite surprised and, and in fact taken aback at times by how uh, people, especially online, can um, can adopt, you know, an approach that I wouldn't necessarily expect them to uh, adopt if, if they were standing right in front of me. So do, do check out wisely. Have a little look before you go too far into these, uh, some of these communities at least. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide some links to some of the major major social networking communities that, that I tend to hang around in in the show notes so you can check out these for yourself. So aside from the networks that harness the, the big social machines of Facebook and that, that and the like, there are also networks that um, have set up their own communities in dedicated forums. The three that I, uh, you know, can be found in quite regularly are Property Tribes, the Property Hub, and to a lesser extent, Property 118. Now, the idea of a forum is broad, but um, it's a bit more of a dedicated platform or system than, say, Facebook or LinkedIn is. 
and therefore it's it's often easier to find your way around you know search and navigate for topics and posts that are and, and articles that are of interest to you so it, it can make it a little bit easier to to navigate as I mentioned now now some of these are going to require uh, some form of membership commitment but usually usually they offer you know all, all it's going to cost you is an email address to sign up um, so so you know very low level of commitment if, as it were but there you go the the next major category of network are the the real life ones the physical ones with real people meeting in you know in person and uh, this is in the form typically of uh, of live property meetings and events where you're going to find our lesser spotted brethren as i call it now meetings are run all over the country um, every single month um, there's you're, you're, probably every single day of the month actually there'll be an opportunity to to meet fellow investors and, and perhaps hear a guest speaker um, in, in one of those property meetings now I've probably freaked about half of you out at this point in time uh, especially the more introverted types when I've uh, perhaps suggested live face-to-face -face meetings you know perhaps the the suggestion of going out to a property meeting and risking someone either thrusting their hand in front of you or worse still their business card you know m might actually you know cause you shock and horror and, and great fear but I would say this it's definitely worth it at least in the early stages to to put ourselves out there and and, and meet different people and see what's going on and, it, and but just final piece of advice on that uh, topic of uh, of the property communities. Um, I, I always try and tell people leave your uh, credit cards at home. That's that's all I'm going to say on that matter. <laughs> so as I mentioned, I'm going to provide some links in the in the show notes. So don't forget to check those out. But um, after looking at some of the people and how we can meet them in terms of networks, let's have a look at some other sources of uh, of knowledge in property. You know, and, and as with people and networking side of this episode, there are some distinct advantages in getting up to speed with, uh, with this business we're now in. Now, what I intend to talk about, um, you know, I, sorry, what I will intend to talk about later is, is formal property education. So today I'm just going to mention it in passing. So keep that in mind that I'm not necessarily talking about formal property education today. I'm talking about general property education and perhaps where we can go to find that out. Now, there are benefits and, you know, I, I just kind of list them out really. It, um, the benefits of getting educated in property is, uh, is that it can make us more professional. Then we know what we're doing. It is a profession. It's a business. We should, we should get up to speed. It also opens our eyes to all sorts of possibilities and opportunities and not just plain old vanilla buy to let. There's nothing wrong with plain old vanilla buy to let, but there are lots of other, you know, ways of making money and property and strategies and that sort of thing. So it's good to broaden our mind and open, open our thinking to these possibilities. Now it can help reduce our risk by increasing our awareness and understanding. It can also accelerate our growth and progress, you know, on our property investing journey. And um, of course it introduces us to alternative ways of looking at things and, and doing things. Um, you know, as a result of understanding, of course, it can help us to problem solve and therefore avoid mistakes. And you know, probably, <laughs> I might be alone in this, I'm not sure, but I think it's just fun. And why not? Why not learn about what we're doing? So uh, for me, there, there, there we go. There's a summary of some of the benefits and hope, hopefully you're sold on the idea of getting up to speed with your uh, property education too. Okay, so let's um, let's have a look at some of the other places we can go to to get ourselves uh, educated. And um, probably the starting 
signpost would be landlord associations and and there's two main landlord associations in this country there's the uh, land uh, sorry national landlords association or the nla and there's the residential landlords association or the rla i think i need to put my teeth in today but uh, both of these offer plenty of information and, and training and events and and that sort of thing but they also offer an accreditation scheme where landlords can actually get formally accredited by going through a program of uh, of study through um, it can be it can be in a sort of a classroom type of style but off, it could also be online and um, as you'll hear you know in the lettings episode when we get to to that uh, stage I am in fact an advocate of getting accredited you know especially if we're not going to be using a letting agent I think it's important that we we know what we're doing but even if we are going to be using an agent it, it makes sense to get accredited as there's just so many responsibilities and therefore so many things that we could uh, that, you know fall a fall foul of really if we if we don't understand what we're doing so these accreditation schemes therefore are very very useful and on a similar vein there are industry associations and bodies there's quite a few I've mentioned in the book but I just kind of wanted to call out one particular here and that's the the property ombudsman which um, um, fundamentally offers information and well actually offers protection really consumer protection for those people who are dealing with agents and companies in the area of uh, of sales and uh, and letting so it's worth checking out them and of course there are some other ones as well which um, you you can you can look up to so apart from those, uh, you know, very dedicated um, industry associations, if I can call them that, that what are the sources of, of knowledge and information are there that we could look towards? Well, we've got uh, the National Press, of course, and um, the, you know, some of them have dedicated property sections. So when I say the National Press, I'm talking about the, the newspapers. And uh, I particularly recommend the the Telegraph and This Is Money because both of those have got some very excellent uh, property sections that I, I genuinely would recommend that uh, you look out for. There are other ones, but they're 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 probably two very very good ones. Of course, there's the online industry press and. Um, Property Reporter is one of those, and Property Industry Eye is another, and they come at it from slightly different angles, one from more an agent's point of view, one from, you know, more generalistic property point of view. But, you know, they, they're, they're useful in, in bringing us up to date with uh, what the latest uh, news and happenings is. I particularly like some of the magazines that are out there now, and um, one, of the, one of the most established, and um, I think the, the the layout and the and the structure of it of is is um is the your property network or ypn magazine now there are others out there and there are new ones coming out as well i haven't seen the new one at time of recording this episode but um, so i can't give a real shout out to that but the your property network magazine is excellent because it has a lot of case studies and i think that uh, a lot of people relate to that type of thing but of course, I can't leave this section without mentioning the Property Voice blog and newsfeed itself, uh, www.thepropertyvoice.net. And um, I'm sure you already subscribe to our mailing list to stay up to date. You do, don't you? <laughs> yeah, just head over and drop your name in that little email box if you don't, and I won't hold it against you, I promise you. So we are um, we are actually increasingly part of the digital age, and therefore you know we've got new media things like podcasts, obviously like this, and uh, and video channels are, that are becoming increasingly more popular and, and commonplace for for methods of digesting learning. So make sure you have a browse around both iTunes and YouTube. There are other 
providers, of course, which uh, host these types of media. But uh, they're the big ones, iTunes and YouTube. And um, and see what else is out there in terms of uh, the free resources under this head heading of uh, of new media, as I mentioned. Now, I really, I really should make mention of books before I close. And um, if you followed me for any length of time, then you may know that. And in addition, obviously, to writing a book myself, I, I really, I really do like a good read. You know, particularly in 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 property and or, or personal development. Now, I've had my highs and lows, I must say, in terms of reading. I've, you know, I've had dedicated periods of time where I've been very diligent, but I've had other periods of time where, you know, perhaps haven't had the motivation or. You know, I, I would use the word time, but we always we can always make time for things that are important. I found so it's probably an excuse in reality. But um, I've got something of a solution that I want to present to you um, a little bit later on in the episode, uh, and that might help with uh, you know if you if you feel similarly, perhaps you're up and down with reading, or perhaps you have a lack of commitment to reading um, as well. So. I would strongly advocate reading, particularly on the subject of property, of course. And uh, I've written a blog post about my top five books in, uh, well, I say in property, but top five books. And this was based on a request from um, Vanessa Warwick at uh, Property Tribes. Um, and and uh, I'll, I'll share some of those findings in a minute. But um, I've also got a reading challenge going on. And uh, and so I've gone public with my uh, annual goal of reading two books, sorry, two books per month. Um, and that's pu publicly stated on my blog, and uh, I do monthly updates just to share where I'm going with that. And uh, fortunately, thanks in particular to Audible, I'm I'm well ahead of target, you know, for this uh, for this particular year. But uh, I want you to keep in mind uh, what I did there. I had a written goal and went public with it, and I'll return to that concept in a minute. So I did mention the uh, top five books, and I'm just going to whistle through these quite quickly. Um, perhaps you know, good starting point for anyone. Um, here's some books. They're not all property uh, related directly, but they can all be applied to property. I would say so. Probably the first one to mention is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and nearly everybody in property is going to suggest that you read this book, and I'm no different. I definitely think you should read it, and um, it really taught me the value of assets and passive income. So. Big shout out to that book. The next one is the uh, the richest man in Babylon, and that really sets out very simply in a nice, neat parable style. Actually, the uh, keys to long term wealth creation, and it's a nice, handy little book. Now, a bit heavier, perhaps, is a book called Man's Search for Meaning, and this is particularly relevant if you're not sure what your purpose is. You don't have a clear purpose. Now, this is a, a, a an amazing story of somebody who found a purpose in the most awful of, uh, of conditions. So I won't spoil it for you, but I mean, it can be a bit heavy at times, I have to say. But um, it, it, on the other hand, it, it does teach you to be grateful for what you do have, even if you're striving for a better future and a better life. So there's a good shout out. The um, next one is the seven habits of highly effective people. Now, this is a personal development and, and uh, personal growth book actually and I read this in my mid-twenties and it had a tremendous effect on me when I was in the corporate career at that time and um, some of the concepts have never left me and, and obviously it's made it to the list so I'd, uh, I'd recommend it to you too. And then a book that I've been surprising a few people re uh, by recommending, it's not that well known, it's uh, How to Get Rich Not Quick and um, all these links will be in the show notes so don't worry about that. 
but it's um, this one's a budgeting book in all in all honesty um, simple budgeting book and how we can actually set aside more and more money for saving and that type of thing but with um, some tools and resources directly available from the author Oh, and I, did I mention, I said five, didn't I? But there's a, there's a decent looking book called the Property Investor Toolkit, a seven part toolkit for property investment success. And that's been written by a very nice chap who you might know about. <laughs> So, uh, but anyway, in that, in all honesty, in that book, there's uh, there's several reading lists that I've outlined, and um, in fact, it numbers uh, over a hundred books if you read the full reading list. So, just give a bit of a call out to that too. So, as I mentioned, I uh, I did set myself a, a book reading challenge this year, and that was to read at least two books per month. And uh, fortunately, I'm I'm well ahead of target at the moment, and um, I can attribute a lot of the achievement to going public with that goal and uh, committing to write up on my progress every month. Now, of course, if I've gone public and I've told everybody that I'm going to read two books every month and I'm going to report back every month. If I've missed that target, then it's going to be at least embarrassing. So I've uh, I've held myself accountable if you like. And, and my challenge is for you to do the same really, not necessarily to have a the same reading goal as me, you might read more, you might read less, but just to have a reading goal and, uh, and then to commit it into writing. Now what you can do perhaps uh, if you like is, is head over to uh, any one of those blog posts, I'm, pr I'm doing a new post every single month with the updates to my challenge and there's a comments um, box at the end of each post and why not just drop in a comment there and just let me know what your book reading challenge is and perhaps you can come back each month and let me know how you're doing with your goal. I think um, you know, if we do it together it's going to help us uh, stay mot motivated wouldn't you say? And just think about it for a minute, if you were to read uh, two books per month, then that's 24 books in a year. And of course, if we multiply that over a four-year period, we've read um, every single book that I've mentioned in my extended reading list. It's about 100 books, which is um, a staggering amount, actually, when you think about it. And it's quite possibly more than the average university student as well. So that's really some food for thought, how much knowledge that we're going to take in over that period of time just by reading. So I just, just want to wrap up this section by returning to something I've kind of been hinting at or touching on without really making it explicit. And that's the idea of support and accountability in our property investing and knowledge acquisition journey in particular. I'll, um, I'll return to this episode, sorry, I'll return to this concept in a later episode. However, today's subject is, is so close to the issue that I really feel I should mention it now. And I just think that if we can have someone to work alongside, we stand a better chance of staying motivated and staying on course. Now, so what I'd really like to finish by saying is why not consider getting yourself some kind of accountability partner or, or within an accountability group. Now, it might be a property buddy, if I can call him that, a, uh, a property business or personal development mastermind group, or it could be a, a property coach or mentor on a more formal basis. But just think about how much more you could learn or how much further you can push yourself by, by choosing actually to hold yourself accountable to other people in a similar way to how I've gone public on my reading challenge. It works like that really. So it's pretty powerful. The only thing I would say is just choose wisely. Choose wisely who you, uh, who you partner up with. So that, so for now, I'm just going to leave you with that uh, seed germ of an idea and, and let it take root before I return to it in a couple of uh, episodes or so. So in conclusion, we can, um, we can and arguably should get out there, whether it's virtually or in reality, to meet other property investors. 
we can immerse ourselves into a variety in, in a variety of different ways to develop our knowledge and, and perhaps set ourselves that reading challenge that I mentioned. And finally, if we want to grow, start thinking about teaming up in some way with a buddy, mastermind group or a mentor. And you won't know unless you try, will you? So that about covers it today for the uh, property chatter segment. So um, why not join me on my reading challenge with your own particular journey? That'd be brilliant. Up next is your voice. It's all about you and your property world. We have another five-star listener review to share now, Richard. Here goes. Here is a five-star review from GUU, who says, There are quite a few property podcasts around at the moment, but this one still stands out from the crowd. It's very well produced, easy to listen to and packed with information. The computer assistant Kaza makes it very original too. I'm so pleased that I have another very enjoyable source of property info. Thank you so much for that kind review GUU, I am blushing with the praise and the mention of my name. If you would like to leave us a review, then please try and do that sometime, as it will help us to get noticed. I did see that someone gave a 1 star rating surely a mistake. But if you think we deserve 5 stars like Moxie Morris last week and Jayu this week, then have your say is all I can ask. Next up, your voice this week is in the form of a listener, who responded to our simple question posed on our social media channels. It comes from Nick Thorpe, a property investor located in Huddersfield that's up north in case you didn't know. Richard has just finished reading the book The One Thing and so he asked what is the one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you started investing in property. Here is what Nick had to say. I wish I'd have known the importance of having a reason why bigger than myself and beyond finance. When times are busy and priorities are muddled, that is what now drives me through. Well, what a great piece of advice that is. Now, if you recall, we talked about having a clear purpose or reason why in an earlier episode, didn't we? I like the distinction that it might not always be financial very much here. By the way, Nick, we think you are amazing, magnificent and modest too, even if that only makes sense between us right now. It is fantastic to get these listener contributions. It helps to make the show real for you. So please do share your funny stories, moans or property questions, either by emailing the show at podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, or use SpeakPipe if you want to hear your voice on the radio instead. That's the your voice for this week then, have a reason why to keep you going. Now, back to you Richard for the shout out. And now, where you can go for more great resources, with the shout out. Okay, thanks, Kaza, for dealing with the uh, your voice for this week. Um, what a what a powerful message that was, and um, hopefully we'll uh, we'll hear more from more, more of you out there. But uh, today's shout out 
possibly after giving you a, a reason to idle away some time last week by uh, suggesting you might play a game, even if it was an educational one, I'm probably feeling a little bit guilty. And so I'm going to shout out today a much more practical tool that you can use. And uh, the resource I'm going to be giving a shout out today is called LHA Direct. LHA Direct. And that's a, a handy portal that allows you to check the local housing allowance in a specific area um, by house size, uh, you know, bedroom number of bedrooms in effect. And it's essential to know this if there is an intention to rent to tenants claiming benefits, obviously, as that's the maximum allowance that the the tenants would receive from, from the government for their housing. Now, of course, you could ask them to top up the rent themselves, but that probably seems quite unlikely, especially in the current climate of uh, trying to keep a, a cap on benefits generally, and, and therefore there'll be limited means for, for those tenants to, to afford extra money. Now, you might be thinking something like, but I don't rent to tenants on benefits, Richard, so you know that's not really of much use to me, is it? So uh, I'm going to challenge that thought. Well, actually, it is of use to you. Now, knowing the LHA rate, we can we can we can actually plot a worst case scenario in our calculations. Now, if you remember, I've recommended that we do more than one type of calculation when we're assessing or evaluating our deals. So I tend to look at a best and a worst, so maybe a mid case uh, or, or an expected case basis. So knowing what the LHA rate probably helps us plug in the, the rental figures for pretty much a worst case scenario, because we'll know we're going to get that kind of money from a benefits claimant in, in any case. But the other thing with the LHA rate is that what it is calculated based on the 30th percentile of the average rents in the area for equivalent properties. Now I'm no mathematical genius and so I cannot you know tell you how to convert that into a into a true average rental figure or the minimum and the maximum. In fact I'm not even sure there is a way. But fortunately the website that I've just referred to has got all of that information ready for you as well. So it's got a handy little graph which shows the spread of rents in that local area as well. So the the highs and the lows and how many properties have got uh, everything in between as well. So that's pretty useful as well. So that'll help us to plug in the, the best case scenarios and even an expected, uh, sorry, an expected case scenario. So anyone who likes me, who like me rather, is inter interested in research will probably find this a very useful little tool. It can be used in more than one way, I would say. Oh, and just one final point. The um, LHA direct link also shows room rates, not just for, you know, full property rates. So it's pretty helpful as well if you're looking at HMOs and you can undertake a, a similar exercise for HMOs as with whole um, properties. So there we go. It's um, that's today's shout out, and and hopefully I'm giving you back something a little bit more practical, as I mentioned. But um, it also happens to conclude yet another week of the Property Voice podcast. I really hope you've enjoyed the show. And um, if I could leave you with one idea to consider over this next week, perhaps aside from networking and, and reading challenges, which I'm sure that you've uh, absorbed from from today's episode, it would be this. Now, just think about how you can get involved in the show. We'd really love to hear from you in, in whichever way suits you best. Obviously, we've heard from Nick today. We'd heard from Andy in the past. We've had a couple of questions, but I'd like to see a little bit more engagement if that's possible. So uh, head over to the show notes on the website. It's got all the links of everything I've mentioned in today's show. Um, check all that out. Pop a comment in the box and just say hi. That'll be great to hear from you. Until next time on the Property Voice podcast, therefore, ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. 
thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.